Hey now, it's Lola here, creator of thesmokingprofit.com, a life advice site that focuses on spirituality, creativity, and culture. And you are tuned into the Smoking Profit Podcast. Thanks so much for being here with me. Today, I want to talk to you about guarding your mental space. Soul care is the purposeful care of one's mind, will, and emotions. Your soul, often overworked and undervalued, holds your mind, will, intellect, and emotions. Beyond what you feel, daily your soul shows up to meet the needs of your life. This includes meeting the insane pressures and almost inhumane expectations at time of culture. Let me explain more. You are expected to work without ceasing, never say no, fight through unspoken anxieties, lead tirelessly through stress, and look good doing it. You work, cook, clean, you care for your family, you love and respect your partner, pay your bills, you contribute, you volunteer. But how often do you stop to let your soul breathe, to rest, to relax? to release. It's time to give your soul a break. And you can start with these tips that I use to guard my mental space, my mental energy, and to guard my relationship as a newlywed, my position as a working parent, and also as a creative entrepreneur. So number one, Forgive quickly. I know you've heard this probably a million times, but the longer a tree lives, the deeper the roots grow. The same idea applies to the hurt you felt. The longer you hold on to hurt, the deeper the hurt goes and the harder it becomes to forgive. When you don't forgive, bitterness grows into those roots and steals your liberty. The bitterness stunts your growth by binding you to your past so you can never move forward or never fully move forward, all of which causes you to live life through the lens of pain instead of living your life to the fullest and becoming the best version of you. Unforgiveness unchecked can manifest in the body too, sometimes in the form of stress through pains including body aches and sickness. Avoid this by forgiving and forgiving quickly. Colossians 3 and 13 says, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. I love that. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And that is from the Message Bible. Number two, no matter what, be grateful, generous, and kind. Focusing on negativity not only impairs your outlook on life, but it stops you from being true to you, both of which slow the flow of blessings in your life, blocking you from seeing the goodness around you and slowly closing the heavens over you. Quite the opposite, gratitude cultivates breakthrough. So continually practice generosity without expecting anything in return. Spread kindness and watch kindness return to you. Spread kindness and watch kindness return to you. 
Do good because generous souls always prosper. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Number three. Rest is essential, not optional. Before I get into this one, let me just tell you that I read a book before. And in this book, the woman recounts her life of just working, 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 going in overdrive, you know, years of sleep deprivation, and how as a result of it, her body began to shut down and she could have died. So like rest is essential. Everyone needs rest. God rested after six days. And I don't believe this was because he needed to, okay? (laughs) I believe God rested to establish a model for people to follow. Sleep is an important part of rest, but resting doesn't just mean sleep. Rest includes restorative practices like walking, hiking, meditating, coloring, hanging with your people, or simply doing whatever you enjoy. In our busy world, activities like these and more may seem like a waste of time, especially when you feel you have so much to do, but it's not. They bring added efficiency, renewed strength, and a sense of refreshment to those who partake in them. Number four, know that it's okay to say no. Get comfortable with saying no to others. No to opportunities and even no to yourself. Then, as Shauna Nequis suggests, draw close to people who honor your no. Let me say that again. Draw close to people who honor your no, who cheer you on for telling the truth, who value your growth more than they value their own needs getting met or their own pathology celebrated. That was good. Number five. Recognize, set, and enforce your boundaries. Your boundaries act as an internal core of control. According to Dr. Henry Cloud, boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. But in order to set them, you need to know your core values. What do you believe? What will you compromise on and what will you not compromise on? Knowing these things will help you to identify and lay out the boundaries that you want to put in place for yourself. Number six, choose more personal time over screen time. I just recently started this thing where I'm not getting on social media until after a certain time in the day, until after 10.30 a.m., I found that when I do that, I'm a lot more productive. And then in times where I was immediately getting on social media, first thing in the morning, you know, first few waking moments, I would look and immediately get anxious about my strategy, what I was doing, what I was planning. Recently, I've just decided to throw it all out the window. And I'm like, I'm not going to get on there until after 10.30 a.m., And some days it's even later than that, to be honest with you, because I don't think about it. And then I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I'm not going to fall into the trap that the social media juggernauts are engineering to try to keep me on and addicted to their apps. Okay. All right. So choose more personal time over screen time. Number six, get off your phone and take time away from work. 
take a vacation, hang out with your friends, family, or yourself. When's the last time you had a me day? My point is this, take a moment for yourself, a moment with no defined goal, no established intent, and no apparent profit other than to help you appreciate your life. Let these moments breathe fresh life into your soul. Number seven, don't take anything personally and don't focus on if someone shades you purposely or not. First off, they may not mean it or maybe they're having a bad day. That happens. Let's face it. Every day is not your best day ever. You know, you don't have your A game on every day and certain times you may have a little bit less patience with other people. At any rate, it takes way too much mental energy for you to focus on others. Let things go quickly and focus on the good around you. Number eight, get around the right people. It's so imperative that you are planted in an area where you can bloom and where you can fully manifest all the goodness that God is placing you. Super duper important, right? Surround yourself with genuine people that believe in your dreams as much, if not more than you do. You'll find their support acts as a silent accountability partner. And when you need a boost, they won't let you forget why you started and why you need to stay in the game. So you need people around you that just by their sheer presence, them being there, you know that they are rooting for you and that they want the best to happen. So in moments where you get weak or you get super discouraged about things, they're there acting as that silent accountability partner. And then not only that, they will swoop in and come and check you when you need it and pop your little balloons that you got going on at your pity party and get you out of there and back in the game. All right, number nine, fight the temptation to multitask. The truth is the brain can only focus on one thing at a time. So instead of thinking that your brain is working on two things at once, realize it's redirecting its attention between the two. Does this sound taxing? It is. Multitasking overworks the brain. It fragments your thoughts and is actually counterproductive. Multitasking can increase errors, decrease productivity, and produce psychological strain. Opt into monotasking and dodge distractions by focusing on what's in front of you. Learn to prioritize urgent interruptions and switch directions if needed. But by all means, avoid splitting your attention between multiple things at work once. Prioritize urgent interruptions and switch directions if needed. But by all means, avoid splitting your attention between multiple things at once. Number 10. Focus on what matters most. Your goal in anything should be working smarter, not harder. Your goal in anything should be to work less and produce more. Focusing on what matters most makes this possible and a lot easier. We know this, but don't always do it. Why? Because it's sometimes difficult to identify what you should focus on and what matters most. 
So to help you figure that out, ask yourself Gary Keller's go-to focusing question. And this is it. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? After asking yourself this question, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? If you are still having trouble focusing and figuring out what to focus on, then make what Gary Keller refers to as a success list. A success list is kind of like a to-do list. So just write out everything you want and need to do and then ask yourself that question. If you forgot it already, then just rewind this back. (laughs) Go back 10 seconds and get it. But ask yourself that question until you whittle your list down to one thing. Number 11, set measurable goals. It's easier to hit the mark when you pursue the mark a bit at a time. Imagine sitting down to eat your favorite meal. You wouldn't eat it whole in one bite, would you? You'd eat the meal piece by piece and bite by bite. Treat your dreams like your favorite meal and break it down piece by piece into little mini goals until you can achieve the bigger goals. You'll find that after you accomplish a goal, your brain feeds you dopamine, which is fuel that encourages you and gives you a momentum to keep going. Number 12, offset some of your work. You don't have to remember everything. It's too stressful on your brain. So to help yourself out, utilize calendars, reminders, and notes. And then also utilize others. You'll find that people will act or can act as an extension of you. Your mind is like a computer. When you place too much stuff up there, you tend to overload it. Or you forget some of it. So just keep that in mind and try not to overwork your brain. Offset your work when you can. It will help you. Number 12, be careful with your commitments. According to Dr. Matthew Stevenson III, only commit to what you can give your full strength to. To me, this quote means commit to what you can give your full ability, passion, and time to complete. Before you sign on to any commitments, ask yourself this, do I have the ability, passion, and time to fully meet the needs of this commitment? So the last thing that I want to share with you, which I feel like is kind of the most important thing, is that the whole idea of work-life balance that many of you all are trying to achieve is a unicorn. It does not exist. There is no way that you will be completely balanced in life. I read this really liberating book called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. And in the book, the author lays out different myths and why they're just not true. And one of the myths that he talks about is the idea that there is balance in life. He goes on to share how life is just your life, you're just going to go through cycles of prioritizing things and how in some areas you may have to devote more attention to something 
while giving less to another thing. And that's how you get extraordinary results. And this is how your life will constantly go. He also shares that in life, you have kind of like juggling balls, like with work, family, integrity, these sorts of things. And he's like, some of those balls are glass. So if you drop them, it will be a problem. For example, your family ball is glass. If you drop that, it's a problem. But your work ball is rubber. So if you drop that, it bounces back. So in some seasons where you're having to give less attention to one thing to focus more on the other, you also need to consider how long do I take my focus off of this other thing. So um, just wanted to share that with you so that you could be freed and get out of that place of, oh, I'm not balanced enough and I need to put this in my schedule and I'm such a bad mom or I'm a terrible boss or terrible employee just get out of that I also wanted to share this with you too life has these intervals that mimic nature they're like the seasons that we see in nature and it happens all throughout our life cycle so in life each of us experience repeated cycles mirrored in the seasonal patterns of nature Characteristics of the four seasons manifest at large in the primary stages of life, infancy, childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, adulthood, and old age. In each of those stages of human development, you can see spring. You see a time of new beginnings, things being born. Then you can see summer, a time where work is being put in, where you may not necessarily know what you're doing, but you're trying, you're learning, And you're doing all that you can so that when the time comes for you to actually reap the benefits of the work you've done, you can. That time comes in fall or in autumn. That's the time where you reap your harvest. You see that there in the span of of our life and human development. And then the old age naturally is going to be winter where things come to a close, where things end. It's very reflective it's a period of rest. You know, it's not a depressing thing. Like it can be viewed so many different ways. The end of a matter is better than its beginning because there's new opportunities that are coming after that. But life has this overall theme, this cycle that's taking place and running in the background of everything that we're doing. But then you'll have different cycles that are going on at different times. So you can have a period where you're starting out a new job at work and that's spring. But then you could have been married for 30 years and the work that you and your spouse put in in your formidable years of marriage, you're now reaping the benefits. And let's say you're debt-free and not only are you debt-free, you got a million dollars in investments and retirement. So you're really great. So you would be in a different stage in life in one area in work where you're starting out with a new company, you're in a spring season. But in this other area in your personal life, in your marriage, you're in a fall season because you're reaping the benefits. But then also at the same time, you could have children that are going off to college. So then that puts you in a winter season because this is coming to a close. So if all of this is happening in life, I'm just saying that this to reinforce my point. There's no way you can ever really be balanced because there's so many things going on. So what you just do is just focus on what you can. Use these tips and tools that I've given you. 
to guard your mental space and you'll be fine. Okay. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I really enjoyed bringing it to you and I can't wait to share with you what I have coming up next with the Smoking Profit Podcast. Make sure you stay connected with me on social media at Lola Kabaya, L-O-L-A-C-A-B-A-Y-A. And until next time, have an amazing life.